listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Where does Joe Burrow go in a redraft of the NFL right now? The whole league gets redrafted. Where does he go? Top 10. Holy cow, is that a bad answer? If he went outside of, I mean, wow. How could he go outside of four? The worst it could be. The worst would be four. Right? All quarterbacks, obviously, to start. Sure. Right? So Mahomes probably goes ahead of him. I think a lot of people would say he's second, right? Now, remember, you're redrafting age matters, right? No one's taking Aaron Rodgers that high. I, I think you're probably right. Now, I mean, I know you've got a thing for— I, I think Herbert goes before Joe Burrow. I, you know, a lot of people did—I mean, I think a, a month ago they would have—you were right. I, I think now it's probably 60-40 Burrow, which could be the flavor of the mo- moment, you know— Here's here's two reasons who, why. Well, I mean, who else? Josh Allen's probably the only other guy in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think that's fair. Kyler Murray. Oh, not little Kyler. No, 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 no. <laughs> Especially in the second half. I mean, he had a good. Well, I think Kyler Murray gets downgraded probably for the same reason Joe Burrow Kyler would. Kyler Murray some. doesn't. He, he does not go ahead of Burrow in any universe. Okay. I mean. But what were you going to say about? I, well, Joe Burrow's already had injury problems. Mm-hmm. He's had two ACL well, he, surgeries. So he had an ACL in college, okay. and then an ACL in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same knee. Uh, yes. Okay. And then Justin. So, so so did Watson, right? He did. Okay, go ahead. And then Justin Herbert is now. We talked about Josh Allen. His you know med- mediocre year, mediocre year. Finally had a good one. We haven't seen Justin Herbert have even a, an average year. He's been good since he's been in the NFL. Joe Burrow was. You're, you're right, but but here's the thing. This is a fascinating point. If you look at the arch or the arc of a QB's early years, what you have is two different types of movements towards really good. One is you start out really competent, and year two you make a big jump. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, though he didn't play all but, you know, one game he played his rookie year, he was, you know, getting ready, learning. Second year he burst through, right? And Lamar won the – you know, remember – uh, Mahomes won the MVP his second year. So did Lamar. So you see these guys. Go, and Lamar wasn't great his rookie year. He only played half the year, and he was good, decent. You see a big bust through in year two. But usually year one's not that good. And you could make the case with Mahomes he wasn't good enough to play. So, I mean, you could say, well, there was, uh, you know, Alex Smith. It's like, well, they drafted Mahomes to supplant Alex Smith. The fact that he didn't. In year one meant something. It meant something. Yeah. Though Alex Smith had a great year. I mean, that was his one of his best, if not his best year that year. Okay. Or what you so what you have is slowish but fine. Boom, rocket ship. And then what you have is Mac Jones might potentially be this path. Starts out better, maybe clearly the best as a rookie, but it's more because they were ready for the league in ways that. Got him ahead a year, maybe, but they had physical limitations. You know, like an Andy Dalton is going to do better early, a quick processor than a big tools guy. And to me, I would make the case, you know, as much as you would say, well, Burrow's not as toolsy. Yeah, but what I would say is if you look at, I mean, do you really think, I mean, Burrow's much better than last year. Yes. Uh how would you say your boy is compared to last year? 
I would. It's s- funny that you don't even have to clarify who I'm talking about. You're talking about Justin Herbert. Yeah. You could easily be talking about Josh Allen. It depends no, on the, no, on the no, day no, with no, you. No, 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 no. Josh Allen is. Uh, that's that's you know how like with a mullet, business in the front. <laughs> And party, party in the back. In the back? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You and the Chargers, that, that's the party in the back. You might, you know, you might like Josh Allen, but that's the business in the front. I would say that Herbert has been better this year, but not by a, a wide margin than he was last year. Mm. By smidge. So the trend lines. It, QBR from 62.6 to 66.5. So slightly better than he was a year oh, ago. That's a, that, that, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's about as slight as you get. So Burrow's a rocket sure. ship. So if you had to guess next year, I mean, in theory, you're going to keep your trajectory. Now, not that that's always going to happen. So I tend to lean more, like you said, to the tools guys, the guys who have the big arm, the guy who. Except those those are the guys that hardly ever do really well. Mahomes is doing all right. But was he really a tool? I mean, he's been. I, I still don't. I mean, he's got the biggest arm in the league. Well, well, I don't know about that, but he he's got a great. He throws from different platforms in a way that that is you know very special. I mean, Josh Allen's going to cut the wind better. You know, I'm saying throwing through the wind. Um, who's the best really toolsy quarterback of the of this century? Hmm, that's a good question because it's not it's not Tom Brady, it's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, outside well, of Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, I think is toolsy for sure. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is like. Well, a- there's only one dude. We're not talking about it. Is there someone on a mountaintop coming down with tablets? We're saying, are you you know where are you in the spectrum of toolsy, hard worker, quick processor? So Aaron Rodgers has is one of the top five tools everything. That, that ever lived. So he's toolsy, and, and I would make the case he's underperformed. I mean, if you at least at least as Super Bowls, and I know that Colin today was talking about you can't just count championships. Well, what are we playing for, right? I totally get that it's a small sample size, and you got to let a career go. But when a career is over, championships matter. Sure. If not, what's the point, right? Barkley is not as good as if he had won four titles. Just not. And he had chances to win titles, and he didn't step up in those moments. That has to matter. What Jordan did against Utah in the last dance year, in that last game, that has to matter. It can't just be, well, if he made it or missed it, who cares? Yep. Still scored 52 against Detroit in February of 93. It's like, it's not the same. So Aaron Rodgers is probably number one if you're mm-hmm. talking about guys right. with tools. If you, Beyond him, it may end up being a guy like Ben Roethlisberger. Toolsy for sure. So what we're saying is if we take the top, let's say, eight quarterbacks of the last century, maybe two or three are going to be toolsy. So less than half yeah. compared to no, – no, listen, Peyton Manning's kind of toolsy, but not – It's tool- not the it's not his number one attribute. That's, that's a great and, way of saying it. Andrew Luck had a lot of tools. I don't know that his physicality was his number one attribute. And – and you think he was a giant disappointment anyway, so I won't bring Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. one of the biggest disappointments in, in, I don't want to say sports history, <laughs> but NFL draft, you know. Listen, the guy was supposed to be the next Trevor John Lawrence a- is going to make you forget about Andrew Luck. You're going to think, man, Andrew Luck was something now you know, that I've seen Trevor Lawrence's career. Oh, my gosh. I'm starting to feel bad. You know, I didn't feel bad for I didn't feel bad for Sam Darnold until, like, just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, you had that Casper drop a year ago. I know, but but that's what I'm saying. I didn't stop. Oh, now you stopped using it. You're like, oh. Yeah, I, I retired it. Remember? Listen, that's true. You don't beat up on someone who can't defend themselves, AJ. You might, but I don't do it. I'm RJ Pippen. <laughs> straight out of Vegas. So my point being, and I think what you said is it. What is the... 
attribute that is the most important to this player. And let's say Juddy or Just, how do you refer to him? Uh, Herbs. Herbs. <laughs> so Herbs for Harbaugh. Yeah, Herbs. Herbs for Herbert. With Herbs, what would you say his main attribute is? It's, it's the physical tools. It's the arm strength. It's the, the ability to, to move around, size. Yeah. So that means he's an underdog to be amongst the elite elite, at least based upon the last, oh, I don't know, century. Sure. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I know we're shifting gears, but not till this one last topic. Okay. So in the first segment, we got into a good conversation about redraft the NFL. Everyone's in the center, like at the basketball courts. Give me Bobby. Give me so-and-so. Okay, where does Joe Burrow go? Now, I don't want to give you heat or shade or drag you or whatever (laughs) goes on, but you really objected to Joe Burrow being like 15th or 14th in the the famous Mike Sando athletic. Who who was the author of that, um, McKenzie? Mike Sando of The Athletic. Wow, God, it was almost like he recorded that. That wasn't recorded. Yeah. He's got a button he pushes now. I mean, he, he <laughs> said it three times he, fast. Well, hold on. He said that 19 times and was got it wrong 18 times I know. in one pod. I mean, it was crazy. He kept trying it. That's called a blind squirrel, RJ. I mean, that was good. <laughs> I mean, whatever, whatever you ate today, put that on your A meal list. <laughs> wherever you slept, just repeat that. Mackenzie Rivers, everyone. Who's, maybe he's just in better spirits because Trey Lance wasn't horrible. That could be it. All right. We're straight out of Vegas. But you, you know, and, and let's be candid. You love uh, Herbs. I do. Justin Herbert, for, as you call him, Herbs, from the Chargers. So Burrow and him are competitors. Maybe you have a bias. So we debated it. And I said, you know, he could go second behind Mahomes, Burrow. And you thought, well, you said Herbs is going to be there, you know, having him for sure. And I go, I don't know. And then you started taking off other people. One came up that I thought was fascinating during the break, Deshaun Watson. Now, it's only an it, right now he wouldn't go anywhere near the top because sure. he might, you know, who knows what's going to But let's say that the legal issues were resolved. He wasn't going to jail, but he still did whatever he did. He did. He's civil. I'm assuming there's going to be civil, and again, I'm assuming there'd be civil um, settlements sure. and such. But those are usually sealed, right? So. It's behind him, but is it? Where does Deshaun Watson go in that case? Now, you were saying, oh, my God, easily ahead of Burrow. Do you still feel that? Yes. My counterpoint was, yeah, the legal issues are gone, but whatever it is within him that led him to do what he did, that seems flawed. And even if the best version of this is true— that seems flawed, and thus, where does that show itself down the road? Maybe not with legal issues, but with leadership deficits, with things lacking in certain areas. You were down in Houston for over a decade. You were there the entire time Watson was a quarterback. What was the sense of him as a leader prior to the, these revelations? It was uh, He was beloved. It was almost shocking that this happened to Deshaun. Like it, but beloved by whom? By teammates. By you know, He was the leader. In the, uh, mm-hmm. Him and J.J. Watt, who were both there at the same time, J.J. Watt was also a, a, a great leader. But these two guys were just revered by teammates. 
And I mean, remember, he was kind of the the first person to lead Clemson in this, you know, generation to the to the mountaintop. Right. Obviously, Dabo was there for a while, but it's like he got him out. He was like the first, you know, almost like, you know, in in mythology or in religious uh, history. There's often like, you know, who who was the first leader that got him somewhere? And then later, it's like those are the pictures on the wall. Right. Is when Clemson has its story written in the Dabo era, Deshaun will have a special place. there, And a lot of that was leadership. Right, a lot of it was he was the leader of the Clemson. Absolutely. Team. So, maybe your point is whatever it is in the complexity of humanity that makes people do things that seem incongruent. They seem like they don't go together. One minute he's helping. I'm not talking about Deshaun. A person is helping uh, orphans and 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 and, and stray pets. And then other minute he's beating his wife. Or and again, we're talking about a generic. John Smith. And there's so many times in life. I mean, we here's the thing. We all know our inner truth. And we all know that nobody, most of the time, for most people, nobody knows your inner, inner truth that, you, that, that only you know. Because we all have things that we don't, you know, maybe, maybe there's one person that knows everything, but no one person knows everything. So maybe you got these four things you share with your this best buddy you had growing up, and then there's some things you share with your wife. But AJ is a married. You can't you can't share, share everything. everything with one person. No, you yeah. can't. You, well, no, you specifically can't share everything with the wife because <laughs> there's no there's no woman understanding enough. No, what goes on in a man's head. And right now, all the men are like going, "Yep." Yeah. But if, but if they're in the car with the wives, they're like, "What's he, RJ?" I usually agree with him, but not this time. Not this time. <laughs> I, that was AJ. No, I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called "I Want Your Flex." Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sit, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts that was almost as smart as a b sting what do you think of that and what i mean by that is we said it was it yesterday we yesterday. said it yesterday if that story that a b told was true I, I can't imagine he's not getting more sympathy and it ends up that uh rapaport uh the rap sheet or whatever mm-hmm. he's called He's pretty much uh, confirmed it, would you? I mean, how would you characterize the way he's reporting? His reporting corroborates the story that Antonio Brown was asked to go in, did not feel healthy enough to go in, and they said, you either go in or leave. And And I I want to understand if leave meant you're off the team. That, to me, is an interesting distinction. Here's some verbatim quotes from the report. My understanding is it actually started at halftime in the locker room. Brown was not happy. And he made it very loudly known that he was not happy. He came out of the locker room and was essentially sitting on the bench. Okay, well, that's what you're supposed to do, right? 
Arians and the OC told him to get into the game. All right, so he's supposed to be in. Brown did not go into the game. He refused to go into the game. At that point, he was told, essentially, you're out of here. Okay, that's the quote. It's like straight out of Vegas, you're out of here. He left the sideline and all the video stuff that we've seen. Uh, as far as the Bucks are concerned, that was essentially it. Okay, this tells me, speculation, the Bucks have some culpability here. Here's why. Brown's saying that he was injured and he didn't feel physically able to go in. He didn't feel safe, whatever. Well, Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, made the point he was surprised as heck that Brown was even suiting up, that the injury situation for Brown leading up to the game was dire enough that it was a 50-50 at best he'd even play, right? Right. So to me, if you're that borderline to play and then halfway through the game you're saying you can't play, if that doesn't get respect, I don't know what does. Now listen, what Brown did after is different, but go ahead. But the Bucks not cutting him yet, that could be the reason why. Because if they cut him, then they say, well, he got cut because he didn't want to go in when he was hurt. If they don't cut him, they pay out the rest of his contract and then don't re-sign him, the Bucks did nothing wrong. Okay, now you're bringing up a very interesting topic right now. I'll give AJ a little love here. Now, I think you stepped on the lead. So what we're saying here is what you're seeing in the actions of the Bucks means that maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to say, you know, it was a misunderstanding and keep him on the team? That's what I'm thinking. Is there any financial reason not to cut him? Like, is there any reason where even if they knew 100% he was gone, not to cut him right? They're paying him still, right? Right. So every week, that, so what will be interesting is does does he get cut before this? Because the game checks whatever day that is that you get your game. You know, I don't know if it's all the way through Sunday or not. We'll see that for tomorrow. Stay tuned. 